You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you. And for a third consecutive day, we are following up a frustrating loss for the Atlanta Braves. This one after an off day, after two, what I would say were very difficult defeats to close out the road trip, losing late leads in St. Louis. You come home against a team like the Colorado Rockies, you should be able to handle business. The Braves bats, though, I'm not sure they made it back from the road trip. They did not have a good night against Jose Urania and company. And Max Fried had what I would call was just kind of an off night for him just in general. And we're going to talk all about that as a 3-2 loss is what the Braves ran into in coming home to start out a six-game homestand at Truist Park. Before we get started in the recap and, of course, previewing what's ahead for the Braves and the Rockies, I want to remind you as always to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Enable those alerts so you get notified every time we drop a new episode. And make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Jake, as we uh, as we are wont to do, we come to you after uh, Braves games that have been some good ones this year, some bad ones this year, some that are somewhat in between. This one, though, I would say the word that comes to mind is just listless. It just seemed like the Braves' offense just really could not find its way. They had more than enough opportunities and could not get the big hits they needed to win this game. Uh, they didn't, and look, it doesn't help that it's coming off of three games in a row. You know, I know the the series in City Field was really bad. I think this is by far the worst stretch of three games in a row the Braves have had all season in terms of winnable games, games you feel like they should have won and had a chance to win and just weren't able to do it. But the offense really, as you said, been kind of listless here really over the last two or three games now, really since the second half of that Saturday game in St. Louis. So time for the bats to wake up for sure. I mean, Max Reed wasn't great. I know we'll get into it, but at least gave his team a chance to win. And as did the bullpen, the offense just wasn't able to do their part. No, they were not. Let's talk about a game number 130 on the season for the Braves. So as you can do some very simple math, we are ticking down to the final games of the season as the September or the calendar is about to turn to September here in a day or so. And game number 130 was a tough one for Atlanta as they open up this three-game set against Colorado. The Rockies improved to 56 and 74 on the year, just three runs, 11 hits, two errors, 10 men left aboard. Braves 79 and 51 now. Two runs, seven hits, two errors, 10 men left for the Braves as well. Jose Urania picked up this win, a rare one for him against the Braves, but he was able to navigate his way through what was a very challenging first inning. It felt like that was kind of a harbinger of things to come for the Braves. They loaded up the bases against Urania, then a couple of strikeouts, and he was off the, you know, he was able to get off the ropes and get back into his dugout and ended up throwing a fairly good start against the Braves, and by anybody's standards, a fairly good start for him in a season that has not been filled with those either, long story short. Urania's 3-5. and five. Max Fried, meanwhile, we'll talk about him more in a minute, takes the loss, 12-5 and five on the year. Uh, Josh Bard with the save, his 28th game lasted three hours and 34 minutes, and I would say it was a long and slow and excruciatingly uh, a slow death for the Braves' offense in this game. 34,237 were on hand to see it. Braves did not homer in this game. That's just one of the many things that didn't go right for the offense. But, uh, Jake, let's talk about Max Fried for a moment. He, he, this was an off night for him. It felt like everything was a grind. It felt like he was having to work even harder uh, for everything that he was doing. Five innings, seven hits, three runs, two of them earned, and there's a reason for that, a walk and three strikeouts. But he had an error in a fifth inning in which the Rockies were able to go ahead on an infield ground out. But when it comes down to it, 
Little things were big things on this night. And for Max Fried, a very rare error was something that opened the door for the Rockies to take the lead and ultimately win this game. Yeah, I mean, Max Fried's going to win another gold glove. He's one of the best in all of baseball. But, you know, just took his eyes off the ball for just a second there. And Iglesias, a pretty good runner. You really just can't afford to do that there. You got to make sure that you make that play and get that out. And that comes back and hurts him. But other than first inning, you know, like you said, everything was a grind for Max Fried in this game. I really didn't think he had much of anything working. That curveball kind of came and went even. I mean, he still was able to be kind of effective with it because it's just that good of a pitch. But even that pitch, you could see him. He was leaving it up a lot of times and wasn't able to get it over for strikes like he's used to doing when he wants to. So it was really a battle for him. 35 four-seamers and 35 curveballs. He only threw six sliders. So, again, just really wasn't able to throw many of his secondary pitches. It was pretty much just a fastball in the curveball on this night. Velocity was down a little bit. It was kind of weird. Velocity was down for every Braves pitcher in this outing, but it was over a mile per hour lower on his four-seam in this start. So, again, not really sure what the cause of that is, but certainly just struggling with command, struggling with feel for his pitches. So, having to grind through five innings and look, if not for his own air, he may have really escaped that jam that he had with bases loaded, nobody out. So just even to give up one there, I thought was a great job by him to just keep his team in the game and battle when he clearly did not have his best stuff on this night. Yeah, and that was the end of the night for him, too. It's not too many times you see Max Fried have what some players call, you know, five and dive, where he's just going to go out there and just try to get through five innings let the bullpen pick up the rest of it. That's not how he operates and not how the Braves have been operating with him uh, in his time as the front of the rotation starter that he certainly become. It's worth noting the two-run inning that the Rockies had. Uh, it was also fueled by a very rare misplay by Michael Harris in center field, a diving attempt. Ball got underneath his glove all the way to the wall. It was a triple to lead off that inning. And the Rockies scored a couple of times. The Braves also threw out a runner at the plate, a tremendous play by Dansby Swanson there. So it felt like there were some little things going right, or excuse me, little things going wrong. And then a couple of little things would go right or just not go as bad as they could. And the Braves were hanging around in this thing in this one run game. But then I really have to just bring the focus back to the offense because it feels like, you know, they just were not able to find any version of big hits in big opportunities with runners in scoring position. Atlanta really struggled in this game and they left a whole bunch of runners on base. We'll talk a little bit more about the woes of the Braves offense before we do. I want to remind you coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves postcast coffee. AM is an Atlanta based small batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeamcom slash locked on today, you can get a full look at their menu of teas and coffees and gift sets. So much good stuff there at coffeeamcom slash locked on. Make sure you use that coupon code locked on to get 15% off of your first order of coffees, teas, gift sets, whatever you find there that you like. Again, there's lots of good stuff. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. As far as brewing up some runs for the Braves in this one, uh, again, it just seemed like it wasn't to be in a lot of these innings. Atlanta, just two for 13 with runners in scoring position, left 10 men on base. It seemed like they had those chances in the eighth inning. Robbie Grossman was up there with a chance to do some damage, at least tie this game up. After a couple of walks, kind of set the stage for the Braves to once again have some chances or at least a chance to answer. And it just did not seem to materialize, Jake. And, you know, after the third inning, the Braves were really, as I said earlier, just a listless offensive group. Yeah, I mean, you can really just go to the first inning for this one. You want to kind of see where the game was decided. Bases loaded, one out, and then Darno chases a 3-2 pitch out of the zone, and Eddie Rosario follows that up with a strikeout. You know, you make Urania throw a 28-pitch inning. It looks like maybe you're going to jump on him. You got a chance to really 
kind of pushed him earlier after his last outing. He only went an inning in the third and gave up nine earned. You know that's kind of in the back of his mind that, oh, here we go again. And the Braves offense kind of bails him out, striking out there with the bases loaded twice. So that right there, I mean, I know the Braves are able to bounce back, score a couple of runs after that. But, you know, you look in the grand scheme of things, it ended up being a one-run game, and you weren't able to get anything in that first yeah. inning where you really had an opportunity to kind of break things open early. You end up going two for 13 with runners in scoring position. You end up striking out 12 times, six of those times against Urania, who had a 5.46 K per nine coming into this game. Mm -hmm. And that right there really just kind of sums up the offense for this for this game. Weren't able to break through early when you had opportunities and just too many strikeouts in big spots. Yeah, no two strikeouts in this game were any bigger than Darno and Rosario to end the first inning. You did have Ureña on the ropes. He didn't look like he could throw a strike. And in fact, he did not make it do a good job of even throwing competitive pitches to punch out Travis Darno. Eddie Rosario also helped him out, but the Darno at bat seemed to be pretty pivotal uh, for the Braves early on. You hate to say, well, it's the first inning or nothing for this offense, but it feels like had that first inning gone different, and if there's a crooked number up on the board, this whole night might have played out differently. Eddie Rosario's double knocking in a run in the third inning, that was also kind of underscored by what was some of the worst outfield play that I have seen by any major league team, the Colorado Rockies in this game, did not seem to be either fleet of foot or sure of what they were doing at times out there, but again, they were the ones that walked away with a 3-2 victory by the time everything was said and done. You know, not a sharp night from Max Freed, not a great night for the offense, but it's worth pointing out again, the Braves were playing without Ronald Acuna Jr. Jake, you and I have talked about this. It's now three straight games that Ronald has set out trying to get his knee, you know, back to feeling a little bit better than it was with some uh, intense um, pain that he was dealing with over the weekend. I saw Ronald before the game. He was walking around the clubhouse and, and looked like he was comfortable again. wasn't limping around. The Braves are just trying to do what they can, Brian Snitker said, to give him a little bit of time to help him work through this. Had this been the postseason today, Ronald would have played. They would have had no hesitation with it. But, you know, it's one of those things right now where I think you have to look at it's not the postseason, but it's awful important about getting to the postseason and how you get to the postseason and where you're going to be come the postseason. And it's a very different Braves offense with no Ronald Acuna Jr. That's my long story short. Yeah, and look, even without him, this is a very good lineup, but – I mean, when Ronald's in there and Ronald's right, I mean, it just completely changes the dynamic. So you certainly want him in there. It's a little worrisome. You hear him talking about the fact that he just doesn't fully trust his knee right now and he yeah. wants to spin on it, but you know he doesn't know if it's going to let him or not. And it's starting to play some mind games with him as well as what it sounds like for mm -hmm. him. So that's a little bit worrisome. And look, you know, be expected coming off a major injury like that, but Certainly the Braves need him in that lineup, need a spark at the top. I mean, not that Danzy's, you know, been bad. He hit some balls really hard tonight, had a good hit. Michael Harris got on base a couple of times. So, you know, Austin Riley had two hits. It's just mm -hmm. runners in scoring position. They just can't find that big hit, that timely hit that they're looking for. But again, you want to Ronald back in there as soon as possible. Not only is he one of the most exciting players in all of baseball to watch, but certainly when he's in there, and like I said, and he's right, it just makes this Braves offense go to a whole nother level. Even I feel like when he's not necessarily, you know, at his highest of highs, which he has not been this year, I would say, admittedly so. The home runs have not been coming in bunches this season, but he was swinging the bat pretty well in August. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Ronald Acuna Jr. is not in the lineup and the Braves lose three games in a row, a couple of heartbreakers in St. Louis. And I think I heard Peter Moylan refer to those as real just gut punch type losses for a team. And then to come out and have a listless night where you just aren't able to come up with the hits that you need with runners in scoring position. And I just feel like Acuna is a difference maker just by being in that lineup. And just by default, he makes the Braves a better ball club. Now, some good news on the injury front also came out of Brian Snicker's pregame availability. 
Ozzy Albee is going to be starting his rehab assignment on September 1st. That is music to, I think, Braves fans' ears because the Braves have been without Ozzy for a long time. Not only will he make them better, I feel like, defensively, he'll get a chance to make a difference offensively and maybe shrug off that slow start that he had and play his best baseball down the stretch. And I think the energy that he brings to this club when he's involved in the game and on the field and in the lineup and part of this team day in and day out is something they've been missing as well. Yeah, we talked about it. I think Ozzy, when he's there, obviously, is one of the leaders of this team. And so to have him back certainly would be a big boost for this lineup. You'll figure out what to do with Von Grissom. He's going to get at bats. He continues to hit. I'm not worried about that. But you look at the Braves this year when they've kind of taken off. It's when they've had a spark. Somebody added back to the lineup, whether it was Michael Harris or or Von Grissom or Spencer Strider joining the rotation. That's really kind of just lit this team and kind of got them going. Hopefully, Ozzy can be that guy and he comes back and you know kind of lights a fire under this team and and gets them going once again it's i hate to say going once again i mean they've lost three in a row they've still been really good but you know with the offense being kind of where it is you know hopefully it gives them a lift and i think if anything like you said what he does you know for the clubhouse and the energy that he brings and the leader that he is i think that's going to play a huge role down the stretch yeah i'd echo a lot of that i know we've been talking about and i've talked about this a lot whether it's here or whether it's on from the diamond or any other call-ins and stuff that i do anywhere i mean the praise i've only lost two series since the all-star break but it's a big one a rough one in st louis that is really the the one that feels like games that got away from you. The Braves have now lost three in a row. The Mets have lost back-to-back games, so you've also forfeited the opportunity to catch up perhaps a game or two on the New York Mets by winning on a day that they lose. And the Braves are still trying to find out as many, or excuse me, trying to find as many opportunities to do that as they can. Mets are having to deal with the LA Dodgers right now. Once they get on the other side of that, They've got one more series against a 500 club before they see the Braves at the end of September. So, you know, timing is everything, and the Braves were not able to win on a day in which they could have grabbed a game in the standing. So thus, they remain three games out in the National League East race. We'll get you set up for game two of this series on Wednesday, but I want to let you know LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Game two against Colorado is on Wednesday night. It's Kyle Wright, 16 and five on the year. Ryan Feltner, two and five on the year. About a a three run differential in the two ERAs between those right handers. 7.20 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch at Truist Park. Uh, We have sang the praises, I feel like, all season long of Kyle Wright and the stability and the quality that he gives the Braves seemingly every fifth day. Well, Jake, they need him to step up, give him a good start, and set the foundation for Atlanta to end this three-game losing streak and start winning some games that they need to against teams they should be beating up on. Yeah, and Kyle Wright, you know, certainly a great candidate to do so. I mean, you look at the pitching matchups in this series, they heavily favor the Braves. It's the offense right now uh, that obviously needs to step up. But Kyle Wright, his last seven games, 6-1, and a 3.02 ERA, a 107 whip. You know, been very good, giving up two earned or less in eight of his last 10 starts. So certainly when he goes out there, you know pretty much he's going to give you six innings or more, and you know he's going to give you a chance to win the game. And would not have said that about Kyle Wright, maybe even still at this time last year. So what a change it's been for him and how great he's been for this Braves team. And they're looking for him to stop a losing streak here and, you know, get rid of all these these demons that the Braves are having right now with this tough stretch that they're in. And again, hopefully the offense can get going and have a big day. Yeah, let's exercise a few of those demons. Maybe Dansby Swanson can scare up some of that sage again if that's what's needed. But the Braves, again, time is of the essence. They've got 32 games left in the regular season. The Mets right now are battling the Dodgers. The Braves have 
the Colorado Rockies for three. Then they've got the Miami Marlins for three. This is an important homestand for the Braves to not just keep up with the New York Mets, but to try to gain ground in the NL East. And, you know, you're not always going to be able to count on help from the other team, but this feels like a pivotal time, especially right now with the Dodgers doing their thing against the Mets. But again, you can't really worry about what's happening in other games. You got to handle your business first. The Braves did not do that in a 3-2 loss on Tuesday night at Truist Park. Game two on Wednesday, Cal Wright against Ryan Feltner, 7.20 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch as the Braves and Rockies meet again. We appreciate you joining us here on the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, he's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley. A tough night for the Braves. They dropped their third in a row, 3-2 the final score to the Colorado Rockies. We will be back with you after game two on Wednesday. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network.